What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. This is Talking Commanders with Manny podcast. So the Commanders lose a tough game in overtime, 34 to 31 versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, coming into the game, I'm looking at the game like, man, we're playing the Eagles. I didn't have much expectations because the Eagles are a Super Bowl contender. Now, I was pretty optimistic that the Commanders had a chance to win this game. I mean, division games are division games. Timeout Sports was good. Appreciate you hopping on the stream. Timeout Sports says the refs screwed us. Absolutely. The refs screwed us. That catch by Terry was a catch. But you know what? It is what it is. I can't get too mad because at the end of the day, um, it's just one of those things. As I'm recording this podcast, I'm also watching the Monday Night Football versus the uh, it's the Seahawks versus the Giants, and I am enjoying watching Seattle destroy the Giants. Right now, the Giants are the worst team in the NFC East. It is not the Commanders. It's no longer the Commanders as the worst team. But as we dissect this game, it was a game that we should have won. We could have won, but I, I there's no such thing as a moral victory. At the end of the day, the Commanders played well. The Commanders could have won this game. Sam Howell played an excellent game, and it could be Sam Howell's best game as a pro thus far. Sam Howell threw the ball 41 times. He completed 23, uh, sorry, 29 passes for uh, 290 yards, and then he also had a passing touchdown. He was sacked five times, but not all five sacks were on the offensive line. Sam Howell did a good job of eluding these guys and getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Sam Howell was very decisive. That's one thing that I did love about Sam Howell this game. Now, Brian Robinson Jr., he could have had an even bigger day. He had 14 carries for 45 yards and a score. He should have had a second score, but he fumbled in the end zone, and Terry McLaurin luckily recovered that. So I appreciate what Terry was able to do for us. Sam Howell had six carries for 40 yards. Uh, Antonio Gibson pitched in six times for 19 yards. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous every time I saw this guy touch the ball. Um, it was crazy. Ladarius Grant says, blatant hold on that Patrick Mahomes run, shaking my head. Absolutely. But the uh, Chiefs were able to pull off their game and their win. And speaking of the Chiefs, you see Zach Wilson with his progression. Um, each year he's getting better. Each game he's getting better. And that's what I like to see out of young QBs, similar to Sam Howell. This is what his fifth NFL uh, uh, game starting. And really in a small sample size that I've seen out of Sam Howell, I believe that Sam Howell could be the franchise quarterback for the commanders. What a way to bounce back. After having four interceptions versus the Buffalo Bills, you come out and you play well to where you didn't turn over the ball. And then on top of that, you were decisive. You made clutch plays. You knew when to run. You knew when to pass. You were able to elude a lot of the pass rush from the Eagles. It could have been an uglier game, but I think that Sam Howell played well, and we might, just might, have something in Sam Howell. So I'm excited about that. Um, We talked about Terry last game. I talked about Terry on my Twitter. How can you get Terry the ball? Terry was targeted 10 times for eight receptions for 86 yards. And, of course, he had that fumble recovery for a touchdown. So Terry played his best game of the season thus far. Deami Brown, I was talking to my guy, uh, Razman, and he's a big Deami Brown fan. Prior, 
uh, to coming into the league. He was excited about Diami Brown, especially in fantasy. And I told him, Diami Brown is playing ball this year. He was targeted three times. Uh, he caught two receptions for 51 yards, including that long of 35. Uh, Diami Brown has made some plays this year, and he continues to get better. He's a death piece right now until a guy like uh, Curtis Samuel or somebody is gone. He's the fourth best receiver on the team. But yet, I've I've loved what I've seen out of Diami Brown this year. And had he caught that other uh, deep pass, had, t- had uh, Sam thrown a, a better ball, who knows? Maybe Diami Brown has a bigger game. Maybe he has like a three-catch, 80 or 90-yard type game. But yeah, I love what I'm seeing out of, out of Diami Brown. Curtis Samuel, once again, shows why he's so versatile. Not only did he get a, 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 a rushing touchdown, he also had uh, eight targets, seven receptions for 51 yards. Offense wasn't a problem. We're going to get to the defense in just a minute. Offense was not the problem. Jahan Dotson, he caught that touchdown to tie the game. Now, for those of you guys that are watching the replay, for those of you guys that are watching live, should the commanders have gone for two after tying the game in the fourth quarter? I was for going for one, but who knows? Maybe they should have gone for two. Uh, it just all depends on how you feel. And the defense weren't wasn't really able to stop Jalen Hurts all day, so maybe they should have gone for two. Uh, but it's just one of those things where you just don't know. The last time we went for two in a situation like this was that Giants game, and I, that pissed me off. I did not want to go for two, but, I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, we got the coin flip. We got the ball back. So we had a chance to win regardless had we gone for two or not. It just is what it is. Uh, Time on sports, uh, sports says, let me see. He says, hard to say. I knew they wouldn't. Yeah, I knew they wouldn't either. I mean, Ron Rivera did go for it in that Giants game. He could have gone for it here. We did have a lot of momentum, but to be honest, the, the, the pass that Sam Howell made was a miracle. It was a nice pass, but to do it two plays in a row, I just didn't see that happening. Had we gone for two, I think we would have lost the game right then and there. Momentum or not. That's just my opinion. Uh, Legendary Grant says the commanders should have gone for two. So it goes both ways. It's hard to say. I felt like either way we had the momentum. We um, won the coin flip. We got the ball, but we all know how that went. So I'm not going to get more into that, but um, it just is what it is. It just is what it is. Um, Let's talk about the defense. Cameron Curl. Led the team in tackles, 12 tackles, nine solo, one sack. Cody Barton, nine tackles. Emmanuel Forbes, nine tackles. Now, Emmanuel Forbes, he's a guy that I'm like on and off on. I don't know what to think of Emmanuel Forbes. He makes good plays. But we always knew that as a playmaker, you're going to gamble a lot, and it's just it's just what tends to happen. Um, Dang, can they get Daniel Jones? I'm sorry, I'm watching this game as well as I stream, and I need the Giants to lose badly. And I need my fantasy team. I need um, Seattle's defense to turn up. But, yeah, Jamin Davis, uh, he he had a few plays. But as a whole, the defense did not play well. And is this a Jack Del Rio thing? It's really, truly annoying. But we did have three sacks, so it's an improvement from the Buffalo game to where we couldn't get a sack on Josh Allen, and then now we're able to get three sacks on Jalen Hurts, who, to me, is a better runner. Not as a great pass, not as a, uh, he's not a great passer compared to a Josh Allen, in my opinion, but 
Uh, we were able to get him three times. Uh, Chase Young uh, got a sack. I'm glad to see Chase Young playing well. Jonathan Allen got a sack as well. Uh, we got pressure on him. We made him uncomfortable, um, but it was just a few plays here and there, defense, um, penalties. It just is what it is. But on the same, uh, on the, in the same token, we also got penalties as well, penalty yards that kind of helped us put us in scoring positions. But a very winnable game. Um, I don't see a lot of mistakes uh, from this offense. It's, it was just more so Del Rio, the way that he was able to dial it up or not dial it up. Uh, Del Rio, man, I don't know, man. I don't know how much of this I can take. There's an interesting stat that I've seen on Del Rio, and I'm going to get into that as we continue to show. Now, I got some questions or some comments in the chat. L Legendary Grant says, off topic, but it should it should door good for real or is the stock overrated because of prime that i really can't say i think that shador is a, is a, a good quarterback he'll be a uh, if he comes out he's definitely a first rounder i can't say if he's good or if he's overrated i've seen him make plays um we'll see because i don't like to compare college to pros um one guy was telling me how great desmond ritter was and look at desmond ritter today he doesn't look good and and if we go back into if we go back into um the uh, quarterback class that Sam Howell came out from. You have Kenny Pickett, who was the first round pick. Sam looks better than Kenny Pickett. Like a lot of guys have said Sam was the best quarterback out of that class. Desmond Ritter was a third. Um, who else? Um, Malik Willis, a third round pick. And I mean, it just is what it is. Wasn't Brock Purdy in that draft? I cannot remember. If Brock Purdy was in that draft, Brock Purdy was a seventh rounder. I'm not sure. But either way it goes, man, sometimes you just can't uh, – uh, what you see in college is not what translates to the NFL. Uh, Tom Osborne says Shador is great. I think he's pretty good. But like I said, I don't put too much hope in any prospect until they get into the league and get into the right system because he can go to a terrible coach, a terrible system, and then look terrible. But so far in college, he's looked great. I like Hendon Hooker in college. He got hurt. He should have been the first-rounder. He might, have, he, he might be one of the top QBs in this class when he finally gets his opportunity. So um, sometimes they translate, sometimes they don't. Look at the quarterback class that uh, Dwayne Haskins came out and Kyler Murray, Drew Luck. Drew Luck, looks, he looked okay. I mean, he has a spurt. So with quarterbacks, I don't know how to assess them. I really don't. It's just sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. All right, says, uh, I feel so bad for Fields. He's going out sad like how Baker did with the Browns. Yeah, man, that's the thing with quarterbacks, man. Some are good, some are bad. Some translate, some don't. I don't think that uh, Fields is a good QB, um, but my commanders will face the Bears on Thursday, and I'm excited about that. It's a great way to start my week. Um, that way I don't have to worry about football on Sunday. Just care, you know, just really focus on my fantasy team. So the commanders should be able to pull that off. Tama Sports writes in the chat, Hendon is a good guy from my city. Met him before. Hope he gets healthy and on the field. I hope he gets on the field as well. I mean, he's 25 years young. Um, and Jared Goff is playing great. Jared Goff is playing amazing. So it could be a situation where Hendon Hooker sits for a couple years, maybe three years. It just all depends on what that contract looks like for Jared Goff. And then, you know, you can assess what happens there. Like, it, it, there's no problem with having young QBs on the roster. Look at Jordan Love. Got to learn from Aaron Rodgers for, what, two, almost three years, three years? So um, he looks good. 
in the small sample size. And that's what I love to see out of uh, quarterbacks, how they can just uh, um, learn and just be in the system. Trey Lance is going to be fine. A lot like right now, folks are roasting him and he's not good. He's this, he's that. Zach Wilson. So there's some of these young QBs that it takes time for these guys to really mature. Look at Geno Smith who's playing tonight. Look at his route. Look at his journey to becoming an NFL starting quarterback. So, yeah, like I said, I don't know how to assess the QB market and these QBs coming out, but if you get the right guy and if you groom them right and and, and you put all the tools around them, they end up potentially turning into something. I love what the commanders have around Sam Howell right now which is having two really good wide receivers in Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. Don't sleep on Curtis Samuel as well. Logan Thomas is solid when he's actually healthy. Um, so I love what they have around Sam. But I had a talk with my uncle. Let's talk more about the, about the commanders. I told him, man, I kept receipts for everybody who said Sam Howell sucked or Sam Howell is this, Sam Howell is that. I said one of the qualities that I love about Sam Howell is how he's able to rebound and recover. After a bad game, after a bad play, with that Buffalo game, it was just so many bad plays already that how can you recover? You're down by a million points, and the team is putting uh, uh, the ball or, or, or making you be the focal point to bring the team back. So you're bound to make mistakes. You're going to be on, you know, under pressure because you have to throw the ball. So Sam just got in over his head, and it just became two interceptions, three interceptions, four interceptions. Had the game continued to go, he might have had seven interceptions by the time the game was over with. These guys pin their ears back, and they just knew, hey, attack Sam, go after the quarterback, make them throw. And that's kind of what happened. You see, one thing that I did see out of Sam was he was decisive. He made his moves. He tried to get the ball out quicker. Sometimes he held the ball. And, you know, got sacked. But there was times when he did hold the ball and then throw the ball and eluded the defenders and was able to make that play. He extended plays. Guys like uh, Darius Slay uh, was like, man, you know, shout out to Sam Howell. He's going to be something. He, he, you know, he has a future. He played well, you know. So you have people giving Sam credit. But with all that being said, it just wasn't enough to pull this win off because of a Jack Del Rio uh, starting games um or you know starting like the season um uh, giving up a lot of points i'm gonna pull up this stat that i saw on on, on our twitter for jack del rio's tenure here i saved it as a bookmark because i wanted to pull this thing up all right so here's jack del rio in 2020 with the commanders games one through four in 2020 the team was giving up 28 points per game then games five through 16 it was 18.1 points per game. Now, in 2021, games one through four, the team was giving up 30.5 points per game. Now, in 2021, still, games five through uh, 17, the team was giving up 24 points per game. That's still very high. In 2022, games one through four, the team was giving up 26.8 points per game. Games 5 through 17 in, 2020, in 2022, the team was giving up 18.2 points per game. Now, this year, this current year, 2023, once again, games 1 through 4, the commanders are giving up 30 points per game. Now, what does things look like for the commanders games 5 through 17? 
That I can't tell you. But I can tell you that these next six games or these next four or five games for the Commanders look nice and look promising. These are winnable games. The schedule kind of softens up a bit because I'm I'm not going to lie to you. Playing Buffalo and Eagles on back-to-back, like to be able to be two and two heading into week five is a beautiful thing right now. Andre, what's good, man? Appreciate you hopping on the stream. I'm about to put your comment on the screen. Andre writes, me personally, Manny, I want to see Ron Rivera give Howell and that offense a chance to ice the game. I'm not mad at you. I am not mad at you at all. It's uh, Andre writes, majorly disappointed. I'm not mad at you at all. After that touchdown was scored by Sam Howell, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I said, look, from this point on, I don't really care what happens. And let me explain why I say what I say. When I say I don't care, obviously I want the win. I'm a fan. As a fan, I want every single win. I want to go 17-0. Is that going to happen? Possibly not. But this is one thing I would say. Scoring that touchdown, leading that drive to potentially win the game or to come back to tie the game, to send the game overtime, that was promising for me. Like I I told you guys, I want to see growth out of Sam Howell, and I'm seeing growth as the season progresses. You can't continue to make the same mistakes. This game, he played mistake-free football. Obviously, there was a play or two. Had he hit Terry in stride when Terry went deep, that would have been a touchdown. Other than that, I don't really see much flaws in Sam Howell's game this past Sunday. Now, with that being said, after he scored that touchdown, I said to myself, whether they go for two, whether they go to overtime, either way it goes, I am happy that the team fought. This is not going to be a team that's going to be an easy out. Even if it takes the commanders to win close games, whether we can win close games or lose close games, because that's all the Giants did last year. They played defense. They protected the ball. And I told you guys, my keys to victory in every game is the commanders have to win the turnover battle. And I believe that we didn't get a turnover this game. And I don't believe that the Eagles turned over the ball as well. And, you know, it just is what it is. It just is what it is. Had we gotten a turnover, I mean, a, 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 a takeaway or two, it definitely could have changed the whole dynamics of the game. That didn't happen. So I'm not too upset. So with our schedule. And I'm going to talk about what we know so far about the NFL as well. You know, we beat the Arizona Cardinals, who we felt was going to be a terrible team with no Kyler Murray, with no this, no that. Look, these boys play tough. The Arizona Cardinals are here to play ball this season. I love their tenacity on offense and defense. Joshua Dobbs is showing people that he is an NFL caliber starting QB. Just like Taylor Heineke, they might not be the best. They might be number 30 out of 30 or 29 out of 30 or bottom bottom 20, early 30. It doesn't matter. What matters is that these guys are playing tough. And I'm telling you guys, Arizona is going to be tough all season. They played the commanders tough, right? 20 to 16, we pulled it off. At that time, I'm thinking, okay, easy win. But then when I see the Arizona Cardinals you know, play some people when I don't know if they've won a game or not, but they've played everybody that they've played tough. They've played everybody tough, right? Um, I'm looking more into Arizona in a minute. Then we play the Denver Nuggets. I mean, <laughs> Denver Broncos, they might as well be the Nuggets. You know, they're dropping Nuggets all over the field. So we beat them 35 to 33. And I'm thinking, man, we put up mad points. 
on this team that's quality. Then we see the Miami Dolphins put up 70 points on the same Denver Broncos. So that tells me that they're not a good defense. So, okay, it was easy to put up 35 points on those guys. All right, cool. We played the Buffalo Bills, and we just never could put anything together. And we lost that game 37-3. I mean, Howard looked as bad as he's going to look, right? But then we go play Philly in Philly. So that's not, a t- not a, uh, that's not an easy place to go play. You play Philly in Philly, and at the end of the day, it was a tough game. We, we almost won. We lost the game. Put up 31 points versus Philly. And mind you, their defense is nice. I heard so much about their front line. Obviously, when we were in, you know, trying to come back mode, they were able to get, you know, a couple sacks that weren't uh, in the norm. You know, for the most part, offensive line tried. Sam Howell tried. But, you know, they got us five times. They got us five times. And Sam Howell was able to extend uh, extend the game. Now, I was talking about the schedule and how the schedule eases up a bit, how the schedule gets a little bit better for the commanders. Commanders, I don't have to look too far ahead because each game is different, each scenario is different, and then there could be injuries both ways that swing the game either way. So when you look at the Bears coming in, coming to FedEx on Thursday, that's a, a game that's very winnable. These same Bears play just as terrible of a defense as the Denver Broncos. So I expect every commander's offensive weapon to go off. I expect this to be a Brian Robinson game. I believe it was the, the, the last time we played uh, the Bears. It wasn't last year. Brian Robinson had a, a decent game running the ball. Uh, I'll do a preview show breaking down the last matchup versus this matchup. And what we need to do to frustrate Justin Fields, who just had his best game of his career. But guess who, did it? Guess who he did it against? The Denver Broncos. So the Denver Broncos are showing you that they are not a quality team, neither are they a quality defense or a, a, a or a well-coached team. Same thing you can say about the Bears. Like, that was just a game that was just two bad teams. Somebody had to win. So the Bears are a team that we cannot overlook. They're looking at us like, well, the commanders don't got it all together. But I'm looking at the Bears like, man, we just played Buffalo and Philly, man, we need this. So this this should be a game where you have uh, uh, Chase Young going off. You have Montez Sweat going off. Maybe a Deron Payne sack coming up. Uh, you know, maybe a few interceptions uh, coming up. Being Justin Fields has not looked good at all. Now, if they unleash Justin Fields as a runner, I think that's where the commanders could struggle. They struggled versus running QBs. And it's crazy that, we, that we've played four straight running QBs in. And Dobbs, Russell Wilson, jo- uh, Josh Allen, Hurts, and then now we're going to play Justin Fields. It doesn't end there. We play Desmond Ritter, decent runner, but doesn't like to run. We play Daniel Jones. Then we play Philly once more. So that's a bunch of rushing QBs. I don't think that's where the commanders excel. But at the end of the day, it just is what it is. Now, yep, as I speak, Daniel Jones runs for a big gain. For the Giants, they're in scoring possession. Hopefully, um, Seattle can stop these guys and <laughs> get the Giants a loss because I need the commanders to uh, be above the Giants. Is the Giants' turn to be the worst team in the NFC East this season since everybody takes turns on who's the best team, who's the worst team. Hopefully, it's them. But, yeah, the schedule opens up for the commanders. Starting from week five, from week five to week seven is a sweet spot where you have the Bears the Falcons, and the Giants. 
all three games are winnable. Will they win all three? I don't know. Would it be nice to win all three? Yes, that would be lovely. That would put you at a record of five and two. And that's where we want to be. You got to be able to get these wins when you can. Now, Philly again at home. I think that's when the commanders show Philly, hey, we are the better team. You had you got to have that confidence. So I think the next time we play Philly, we should be able to get that game. We should be. We owe Philly one. Followed by the New England Patriots, who have not looked good. You have Seattle, who is up and down, right? So we don't know what we're going to get out of Seattle. Giants again. You have the Dallas Cowboys, who I cannot wait to play because they don't look the same. They don't look quite the same. Although they were able to beat the Patriots really, really bad. The Patriots are not a good team this year. So, yes, just as I'm talking, Daniel Jones throws an interception, and it could be a pick six. Oh, my gosh. He's running. Oh, my gosh. Seattle has returned this pick six, 70, 80-something yards. They go up 20 to 3. Daniel Jones pick six in. the. Uh, they was first and goal. I am excited about that. And for my fantasy team, I might have just got my first victory in the home league. So I needed this Seattle pick six. It was beautiful. And that's Devon Weatherspoon, rookie. They was talking about him. They were saying, Weatherspoon, uh, uh, he's played well this year. And then, boom, just like that, he gets a 97-yard pick six. Giants are definitely, definitely the worst team in the league this year. They struggle to score. These guys have not scored a touchdown in the first half this season. So, Commanders fans, as you guys get mad at Sam and say this and say that, it could be worse. I talked about QBs. And right now, today, the 2nd of, no, uh, of October at 9.33 p.m. Central Time, Daniel Jones is the worst QB in the NFC East. Look at Dayball talking to him. Daniel Jones is pissed off. I am loving what I am seeing. I am so glad that Seattle is destroying the Giants. This is what we want. This is what we want. But back to the schedule. After the Patriots, we play Seattle, who, like I said, is up and down. You play uh, the Giants again. You play Dallas. Then you play Miami. Miami, that's like the toughest opponent that we possibly face again this season uh, so far on the schedule. It's going to be Miami and obviously the Eagles. You can't discount them. You can't discount the Cowboys or anybody in the NFC East. Everybody plays tough versus everybody in the NFC East. You play the Rams, who's been kind of up and down this year, uh, but they should have Cooper Cup. They should be fully healthy by that time. But we don't know what they look like at that moment. Also, you have... Um, you have the 49ers who are possibly maybe the best team in the league. I don't know. People are saying Philly is undefeated, but man, Christian McCaffrey, four touchdowns yesterday. So, I mean, looking at the commander schedule, man, I, I, I definitely see some winnable games, lots of winnable games. Uh, teams like the Jets, who've been so bad this year. I can see us getting Dallas one more time, you know, getting a win versus Dallas, right? Uh, so let's just say, let's just count. I don't want to look too much ahead, but let's just let, let's just count. I'm going to count all the winnable games. So right now we're at two wins, right? We can beat the Bears. That's three. We can beat Atlanta. That's four. We can beat the Giants at least one time. That's five. We're going to get Philly. That's six. Now, it will be crazy if we end up six and two right there. I, I don't know. It could be, you know, five and three or six and two at that point. I don't know. 
So that's six. I'm going to just count Philly as six. New England, winnable game, seven. Seattle, winnable game, eight. The Giants, I don't see the Giants winning much games this year. I'm going to count nine. I'm going to count us getting the Giants twice, nine. Dallas will probably lose one. Uh, uh, Miami lose. Rams, very winnable, 10. Jets, very winnable, 11. Then, of course, you have San Francisco. I'm going to just count that as a loss. And then Dallas again, I'm going to count that as a win. So 12 winnable games. But then, you know, the NFL, you can count, you can get excited, and things could just happen. All I'm saying is that we have a favorable schedule the rest of the season. We've played two of the toughest teams that we'll ever play all season, back-to-back. So um, Sam is growing. The defense typically gets better from game five on, right? So this could be that time when that defense catches that surge. Uh, so just overall, I don't have much to say about the game. I can't be upset at too much other than Jack DeRio on the defense looked bad. Sam Howell in the offense looked great. This this loss wasn't on Ron Rivera not going for two. This loss was not on Sam Howell. This loss was not on the offense. This was not about Terry not getting enough targets. He got targets. We kind of fixed every issue outside of the offensive line. Every issue that we could have offensively, tight ends got involved, running backs got involved, receivers got involved, and Tony Gibson's touches were a little less, which is what I love. But, um, yeah, um, I'm just really it's on to Chicago. I, I can't make no excuses on why we lost the game. Uh, it just doesn't matter at this point. All I can say is that the commanders played well. They put themselves in position to win. Now we can just hope that we can carry the momentum and the good things that we've done, the good habits, and then carry that into the Chicago game. And then uh, you continue that to the Atlanta game and so on and so forth uh, to kind of ring up some wins, tally up some wins, and uh, get this thing done. So, guys, this is the Talking Commanders with Manny podcast. I know that today we talked about different things that were possibly off topic, but it's a live stream. And when the people comment and ask questions in the chat, I give the people what they want. I always answer every comment, every question in the chat. And now I'm going to enjoy the rest of this Giants versus Seattle game. I'm going to enjoy watching the Dallas I mean, the uh, the uh, New York Giants struggle. I'm going to enjoy watching Daniel Jones throw more pick sixes and more fumble sixes and, 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 and get sacked. I'm just going to enjoy it and just bask in the glory that after four weeks, the commanders are not the worst team in the NFC East. So that's growth in itself. And then you just kind of work your way up. You you plan for the Eagles one more time. You plan to dominate the Giants like they've been dominating us since Daniel Jones have been their quarterback. And then we also want to, you know, let's let's take it to Dallas this year. So, guys, I'm going to catch you guys on the next stream, on the next episode. For those of you guys that are catching the replay, please let me know your thoughts on the game in the comment section. And then I promise you guys that I will respond. Once again, this is the Talking Commanders with Manny podcast on the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. I'm going to catch you guys later. All right, man. Peace.